Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Mind Body Musings podcast. In today's episode, I want to start this off with a bang. I want to start this off with a question. My question is, have you ever asked yourself, am I really living? Am I really living? That question is what I asked myself after my second fitness show. Am I really living the way I want to be living? When I die, what are people going to say about me? Are they going to stand around my grave and say, oh, she was a great clean eater. Oh, she was so good at working out. Yeah, that's exactly what they would have said. Or, or they would have said something along the lines of, oh, she had so much potential. She had so much potential. I didn't want that. I did not want to be known as a girl for clean eating, really disciplined, had a lot of willpower. I wanted to be known for something more. I wanted to create something. I wanted to serve the world. I wanted to do something good. I wanted to help people in the way that I could. I couldn't go out and cure cancer. I'm not a scientist. I couldn't go out and raise $2 million to build a new school or fund something. That wasn't really where I felt my purpose was at the time. And even now, I feel called here in this moment helping individuals. I feel called to help people move past the fear that they're holding on to that they're going to be rejected or there's risks in this world or or being able to finally move past their childhood when they always let down their parents to finally be able to push those things aside and stop fearing being rejected stop fearing what other people think and stop fearing that they're going to feel like they're always out of control Because the truth is, the thing you're spending your life trying to control is the thing that's controlling you. And that's why I'm here. That is what I do. I help people stop being obsessed with control. Many people are are attracted to my message because I talk about body image. I talk about my fitness days and how they weren't worth it and how fitness doesn't equal leanness and body positivity or body acceptance is where it's at and how to do that. You know, I love talking about those things. But here's the truth. I work with many people. I work one-on-one with many clients. And you know what? We never talk about food or body image because all this stuff, all this stuff we deal with in our life, that's what comes out of us in the form of body image issues. We don't know how to handle this job that we hate. So we take it out on our body, the one thing we can control. We cannot control this relationship that's festering in our lives is so much pain that it's causing us that we take it out on our food and our diet. We can't help taking out that inner mean girl voice or the voice of our parents whenever we're children saying, you can't do that. You're, you're not okay to do that. Or you're stupid or you're, you're, you're this or you're that, or you're big or you're small or pointing out all your flaws in your body and making you feel ashamed. So I help women deal with that shame. I help people deal with that shame, release that shame, be vulnerable, finally allow themselves to stick up from themselves, to be who they want to be, to figure out who they want to be. That question of, am I really living, also relates to, what do I even like? What do I even like to do? Who am I? When you get so consumed with these body image and food, trivial, I'm sorry, trivial body image and food concerns that consume your entire being and existence, it's hard to even know, who am I? What do I even like to do anymore? So that's what I do. And that's why I'm here today to tell you, my coaching is powerful. My coaching will change your life. I'm not going to hide away, hide behind the fact and say, you know, it's, it's okay. It's, no, my coaching will freaking change your life. I've seen it 
over and over and over again with all of the clients that I've had in the past few years, the transformations are ridiculous. They're unbelievable. And I want everyone that wants to be able to have these types of transformations where they can let down their guard, stop feeling like they have to control everything in their life. I want people to be able to have that. I don't know if I'm going to be the right coach for you because I don't know if you're the right client for me. But what I have committed to is being here for people who want this transformation. So I'm accepting four new clients. I don't do this often, and I very rarely talk about it on my podcast, which probably needs to change, because I want people to know this that does exist. This is real. This is something I can do for you. And if you have the fears of, oh, money, or oh, this reason will hold me back, or I can't do it because I have this commitment, I want to ask you if there's a worthy meter. Where would you rank on it? Where do you rank your worthiness? Do you still feel like you have to earn your worthiness? Do you feel like money is scarce, and it's, it's always out to get you? There's not enough of it. You gotta, you gotta grab, grab, grab it, you gotta hold on to it, you gotta find it, you gotta grasp at the straws for it. But when you want something badly enough, when you want to manifest it, when you believe you deserve it, I'm telling you right now, money comes to you in incredible ways. You can't just put it at the back of your mind though. You can't just say, oh, that'd be cool to have, but you know, somehow I'm not. If you really want it and you're committed to it, well, you're the kind of client I want. I won't take on anyone who's not. So if that's not you, then that is totally fine. Keep listening to these podcasts. Keep absorbing good information around the web. But if you feel like you're at a place in your life where you're ready, you're committed, and you are just so done with what you've been doing, I would like for you to apply. I would like to be able to hear about where you are right now and where you want to be. So if you feel like you're one of those four people feel free to head on over to my site, go to the coaching tab, fill out an application, and send it over to me. From there, we'll have an interview process, and I'll see if you're a good fit for what I provide. But I'm only taking on four people right now. I don't do one-on-one work with a ton of people. I only do one-on-one work with a small handful of selected people that I know are really committed, really ready to make these changes in their lives. So I'm really excited to hear from those of you who feel like it may be you. Uh, Head on over to my site, like I said, and we can go from there. So now to talk about the amazing guest we have on the show. And it's lovely because one of the things we talk about is coaching, so it's pretty great. But today we have on Julie Parker. Hailed by Elle magazine as a self-help guru, Julie Parker is the CEO and founder of the Beautiful You Coaching Academy, where she passionately trains and supports heart-centered people to bring their talents into the world as life coaches. The editor-in-chief of Inspired Coach magazine, a published author and in-demand speaker, Julie has inspired thousands of people on stages all over the world for clients, including Apple, and Earth events. Julie has received numerous leadership and women's business awards, and she appears regularly in the media, including Sunrise and The Morning Show, as well as publications such as Cosmopolitan, Peppermint Magazine, and Sunday Life. Julie is also a modern-day priestess, which we'll get into in the episode, and is committed to contributing to a world where feminine qualities of intuition, presence, nurturing, and love sit comfortably within the realms of global for-profit entrepreneurship. Julie lives in Melbourne with her husband, stepdaughter, and two much-loved adopted cats. Love this interview. Julie has a very special way about her. She's very, she like, calms you she really calms you and helps focus you just talking to her calmed me and made me so focused and articulate in what I wanted to say because she's so focused and articulate in what she wants to say it's a very beautiful thing to 
be able to experience being the interviewer, but also going back and listening to it. It's just really, it's a pleasurable interview to listen to. So I'm really excited to share this with you guys. Before we head on over here is the review of the week. It comes from Kate Spencer. Amazing. Let's you know we aren't alone with five stars. Maddie is amazing and so are the guests she has on her podcast. For anyone struggling with the relationship with food, exercise, and their body image, this is a podcast you must all subscribe to. Thank you, Kate Spencer. I so appreciate that. Your review rocks and it means the world to me. I don't have any more announcements to share. I'm still in Chiang Mai, so I'll be in Chiang Mai for just a few more days and then I head off to Phuket with my lovely friend Sarah where we will be doing yoga on the beach and relaxing and making more awesome content for you guys. So I'm really excited about that. I look forward to hearing your thoughts on this podcast episode and let's go head on over. Welcome to the Mind Body Musings Podcast, the show for everyone and anyone that is ready to break free from the dogmatic chains of the health and fitness industry and create their own life free from restrictions. Now, introducing your host, Madeline Moon, a former fitness model gone sane and the author of the popular self-love book, The Perfection Myth. If you dig the show and you're looking for more insight on how to stop food and exercise from controlling your life, check out her website, maddiemoon.com, and grab your free guide. If you're ready to end dieting once and for all, it's time you learn how to pursue real health instead. Enjoy the show. Hey everyone and welcome back to the show. I am here with Julie Parker and I'm just so tickled to be here with her today. I'm so excited because as y'all probably know if you watched me on Snapchat or been keeping up with me on Facebook and all that, uh, my beautiful friend Sarah Tamburini, who I've also had on the show recently, went to uh, the, she did the Beautiful You Coaching Academy and I was just so interested in it. I researched more about it and we have the founder, the creator, the mastermind behind that here today, Julie Parker. How are you doing today, Miss Julie? Oh, I'm so well, Miss Maddie. (laughs) Thank you very much for having me. It's a real joy to be here. So you're in Melbourne, right? That's how you say it, Melbourne, not Melbourne. Yeah, it's it's a bit of a trick really, isn't it? It's spelt Melbourne. But I don't know, there's part of me that thinks that that's actually probably the correct pronunciation, but we have somewhat of a tendency here in Australia to colloquialise and shorten things a little bit when it comes to the English language and somewhere over the many, many years of Melbourne's life, it's become Melbourne. So that's how you, that's how you say it, but we're very used to hearing people from overseas pronounce it Melbourne, which is fine. We know what you're talking about. Well, I have been correct just so many times in the past week because uh, it's interesting because, you know, when you start to notice things and directions happen in your life, like messages, you're receiving messages. I've just been feeling very called to go there. And that's my plan actually in, uh, in about a month and a half is to head that way. And I've been running into people left and right from Melbourne and then here you are and talking to you and you're in Melbourne and wow. it's just like, yeah, it's so mm. cool and I'm just really excited to, to be there, although I hear the weather is a little bit freezing. 
<laughs> well, it certainly sounds as though Melbourne is calling you, which is lovely, and it is an amazing city. It's really, really fantastic. But, yes, we are in the depths of winter at the moment, and in about six weeks' time, it will be spring and it will be starting to get warmer, but... Melbourne has a tendency to be very volatile with its weather and we're known for having four seasons in one day, which sounds crazy, but it's actually quite true. You can wake up and it can be cold and frosty and rainy and then in the middle of the day the sunshine will break out and you'll want to head to the beach and then it'll come in windy and autumny in the afternoon. It really does happen. So you've got to dress in layers if you come. You've got to dress in layers that can help you get through the unpredictable days. Oh, that sounds like Colorado in a, in a way because Colorado can mm. be waking up to – because that's where I'm from. But you wake up in tons of snow, like snow to your knees basically, and then the sun is just so bright that it melts most of it, but you could probably go for a hike later that evening if you wanted to that afternoon because it's, it's hot. The sun is so hot. It melted so fast. But definitely not all the four seasons. So that's pretty exciting. I, I personally <laughs> like those things. I like getting a little bit of everything. Oh, well, you'll love it here then. You'll oh, love yay. it. Okay. I'm so excited. So I could talk about weather all the time because I love weather. But <laughs> let's, let's dive into your story and your background and, and your journey. You're, there's so many different elements to, to your story and your journey. And I'm just really excited to hear about what brought you to where you are now. Well, I'm going to try and give you the abridged version as much as I possibly can, uh, but I've actually been involved in the coaching industry in one way or another now for nearly 17 years, and so that makes me a bit of a dinosaur, really, uh, in, in regards to coaching, because the industry itself is really only just over 20 years old. So while I wasn't at the forefront, I was definitely an early adopter, and I came into coaching coaching after an extensive background in counselling and social work, in particular working with young people and then later on young women who had eating disorders and body image concerns. And I absolutely loved that work. I was really passionate about it, but then I started to find myself craving a new way of working with people. And that's when I found coaching. And the short version of it is, is that I slowly began to chip away at building up my uh, coaching practice one-on-one. And that took a long time and I still did other work for many years, but eventually it started to gather a lot of momentum to the point where I built it up to be really successful and had an almost six-month waiting list. And that was a lovely problem to have, but still a problem. And so I knew that I needed to find a way to deal with that and figure out what I was going to do uh, with all of those people and my business. And by that stage, I was mostly coaching coaches who were coming to me and saying, Julie, you've written a book, you're, you're receiving invitations to speak, you've got so many clients, what are you doing? What's the secret sauce? What's the magic? And I absolutely loved working with them too until it got to the point where that waiting list just couldn't be stemmed anymore. And so that's when I started to have thoughts and ideas about might I be able to take the way that I had developed myself and learned to coach with people, which was very heart-centered, very feeling-based, would I be able to potentially take that and create 
a training academy. And at first, I don't mind admitting to you that it sounded just crazy. Like I thought I was really sort of losing it to start with because, you know, I just didn't think that I had the moxie to be able to get in there with the big boys and the big players. And then eventually I realised I didn't have to do that, that I actually could do it my way and I could create something that was boutique and beautiful, feminine, really inspirational in a way that felt good to me and that I was fairly certain that there would be a market for that. And I was very blessed that there was. And so here we are three and a half years later after the academy started and we're now training coaches from all over the world. And I just feel so blessed and just love the work and love all of them that come into my life in this way and just am inspired constantly by the thought of them going out and really deeply impacting people's lives in the way that I know that they are. When you had that mental chatter, that that inner mean girl being like, you can't play with the big boys, like you, who's going to, you know, take this course or any of those thoughts, how did you move past that? How did you not let these thoughts keep you from creating this course that has obviously launched so many other people way farther into their own career what I mean because obviously the world would have just totally suffered if this wasn't real so I'm so glad it it came to be but what helped you to push past those thoughts and to listen only to your uh inner mentor over your inner mean girl Mm. This is such a wonderful question and thank you so much for that lovely compliment that you've paid me because I feel the same way too, particularly for my life personally, is that it just would not be the same without this offering out there. It's really my baby in so many ways and it's become so powerfully important to me. And do you know what? It really was a process really a process of needing to work through. It wasn't that all of a sudden I just decided to snap my fingers and get over myself. I did a a variety of different things to help me with it at the time, including getting my own coach. You know, once I started to feel overwhelmed with those thoughts and feelings about, you know, whether I could actually do this, and it was a very, very big undertaking. You know, we're talking about writing the entire curriculum for a very in-depth, what was to go on to be certified life coaching course. That was huge. You know, it was really, really significant and a lot of work. And I made the decision as soon as I started to feel wobbly about the whole thing to see a wonderful business coach who I knew of but had never worked with before. And she was absolutely amazing for me at that time because she really encouraged me just to play and be creative and soulful with the idea and not place any pressure on myself about what the eventual outcomes might be. She said in our very first session, she said, I know that you're seriously thinking about this, but you're not really sure whether to go ahead. And it's bringing up lots of ego and fear-based thoughts for you. Why don't you just go away and just for the sake of it, just do a little bit of a mind map or get your your colouring pens out and a big sheet of paper and have a play. And that was really a turning point for me because it allowed me to just creatively be with the whole thought of this and get out of my head. And as soon as I did that, I was genuinely able to see the whole thing come to life. And then what happened is that it developed 
such a passion and such a fire inside of me that my ego and fear started to dissipate. It started to quieten. And so essentially, really what happened is that for want of a better expression, I killed the fear through loving action. I stopped being up in my head so much and overthinking it and actually just started to initially play and be creative with the idea, but then just started to be in positive forward moving action. And before I knew it, it had just developed into something so important to me that I knew that there was nothing that was going to stop me or hold me back from doing it. And in particular, I wasn't going to be the thing that was going to stop me. Mm, Yes, I love that. I love that so much. Because I know that that creativity, I feel like that is often something we do not turn to because it's the least productive. Like you're not receiving tangible results from being creative. So why would we spend time dancing or playing or talking on the phone with someone or just like taking a nap or drawing or singing or writing, like all those things when you're not getting direct results. Like instead, let's make a pro con list. Let's like keep diving (laughs) into this, this decision even further. That's generally what a lot of us do. And I'm really speaking for myself when I need to make a big decision. I can easily turn to like, like, let's write about, you know, why this would be good or why this would be bad or schedule a phone call with a friend and a counselor and talk to them about it and see what they think, blah, 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 blah. But sometimes the way we find these answers, is just by like not looking for the answers and playing and having fun and, and allowing our creativity, like our creativity to come out. And then we start to realize all those other things like, oh, don't take anything too seriously. Life mm-hmm. comes and goes. It's fleeting. Have joy. And then you like, oh, you know what? This really does sound awesome. I'm just going to go for it. I mean, Hmm. that's kind of oversimplifying it, but that is generally a a great process that people can take is just turning to that creative side, feeding that need. And then the realizations and clarity can come through that. Oh, you're completely right. And so often we think about creativity and play and even things that bring us joy as things that don't give us so-called results. But in fact, if we step back and really think about it and look at it, they do. Mm -hmm. They just bring them to us in a very different way than when we're using our logical brain, which of course we do need to do. Like I'm a fan of a pro and con list. That can be very helpful, (laughs) very, very helpful. But so can just playing and be creative with an idea without any expectations or pressure. Right. There's beauty in taking pieces from everything. There's Mm. everything has use and in in our lives. And if we go in one direction too much, then the other side is lacking. And then it it comes out. It comes out in in different forms like stress, you know. So it is important to remember all the different ways that we we feel whole. So when you decided it was time to get your own coach, what was that thought like? Like that's a huge investment being able to come to the conclusion that, okay, it's time that I need – a coach for, for this part of my life or this, this aspect of this journey. Like I am a coach for, I'm mostly life coaching as well. Like it, it is all, it's, mm. it's called body image and disordered eating, but we talk about everything but that a lot of the time because we end up talking about life because life is the root behind all of these things. It's never really about the weight. It's actually about the relationship or about the job or about the money or about the stress or about coping, fear, control, rejection, all of those different things. 
So when you decided it was time for you to get your own coach to help you with these things, what, what kind of thoughts did you have coming through your head? Did you ever have a moment of, is this worth it? How is this a, too big of an investment for me? Mm-hmm. Can I do this on my own? What was that factor that threw you into a, a yes, let's do this? Well, you know, I want to be really honest with you and say that it was actually not really a huge thought process for me to engage that coach because having trained to be a coach so many years ago and really, really believing in the power of it as an incredible way to work with people, I have always been one of those people as a coach that's wanted to walk my talk. And so I have regularly worked with coaches my whole life. You know, I've worked with body image coaches, media coaches, spirituality coaches, business coaches, and I love it. It feels very uh, giving to myself. It feels very investing in myself. It feels very nurturing um, and luxurious and lovely. And so I have always been someone in my life and business all those years ago that has made sure that I have always set money aside every year to be able to invest in myself that way because I know that it makes me a better coach and now a better trainer and I also know that it makes for a happier me. So when it came time to think to when I was thinking to myself, I really need some help here. It wasn't that hard a decision to make. I was like, yep, I'm going to talk to somebody about this. I need a sounding board here. I need a creative spark with someone. I probably am going to need to be held accountable to what is all about to unroll, which is one of the great roles of a coach. And I had a pretty strong feeling that this lady that I knew of but had never worked with was the right coach for me. And I was so grateful when I reached out to her that she had space for me because I knew she was quite in demand. And she was a very, very integral part of seeing me through those early stages of the course. Mm-hmm. Coaches do produced, produce so many different um results. And I would even say just like realizations within yourself, just by asking the right questions, just by being, like you said, a soundboard, like Mm. that is how I like to be as a coach. That's how I want my coach to be as this beautiful soundboard, a safe space, um, for me to be able to come with my ideas, my concerns, my insecurities, and be able to just talk about it. I mean, even in that, that process of talking about it is where the healing takes place or the ideas come to be that, other person's perspective. Uh, it's just so beautiful. I like, I, I just love this world of coaching. And I, like you said, it's fairly newish. You said it's been around for like 20 years and I just think it's such a beautiful, incredible thing. And I'm honored to be a part of this. So honored. Mm. Yeah, I feel exactly the same way. And I come from a counseling background and I very much appreciate and respect that as a modality of working with people as well. But there is something just very special, I think, about the dynamic nature of the coaching process. And you are so right about questions. You know, when it comes to how successful a coach and client interaction is, there are a few key things that I think really need to be present. And one of those is the power 
and the quality of the questions that a coach asks their client. The more powerful the question, the more deep the question, the more revealing the question, the more empowering the question, the more likely it is for a client to grow in their own sense of self and start to genuinely make inroads into becoming a better person, which let's face it is what so many of us want when we reach out to work with someone in this capacity. We're looking to make changes in our life that can genuinely impact us for the better. So questions are so important. How have you learned to ask these questions, these powerful questions? What do you think is a, um, I guess I would say a recipe for powerful questions that you've learned over the years? Mm. Wow, that is such a great question. And it's one that we talk about in depth in the Beautiful You Life Coaching course. And I think that in all honesty, a lot of it has to do with everything leading up to the question. <laughs> it is about the question itself, but it's about how well you've listened before the question is asked. It's about using your intuition so you can hear and lean into things that are not being said but are actually present. It's about reading body language if you're somebody that sees people in person or via Skype. And if not, if it's phone or Skype phone coaching, how well you listen to tone and meaning and understanding of words. You know, all of those things so deeply impact the client coaching and client coach relationship. And then when it comes to actually asking the question, I think firstly, the most powerful thing with questions is to always ask a question that is leaning towards a client being able to develop their own self-awareness. So really avoiding closed questions, which only can give us a yes, no answer. That's a great start. And I also think as coaches, one of the questions that we want to steer clear of, and this can be very challenging for a lot of people when they're learning to become a coach in the beginning, is to really avoid too many why questions. Because when we ask people, why did you do that? Why did you not do that? Why do you think that is happening? What we're doing is we're potentially prompting a client to dive into a story that is a story that isn't necessarily going to be able to help them move forward from where they are. Sometimes those questions can work, but what is more powerful I find to ask is a question like, how do you think you can learn from that? What do you think the meaning of this is for you moving forward? Or even something like, you know, what role do you think this has played in where you are now and how you can help yourself move on from here? Those types of questions as a coach are so much more powerful than simply asking someone, why did you do that? Or why did you think that happened? And it's a skill. It is a skill without question. Uh, without, you know, asking good questions is not something that comes naturally to a lot of people. It really, truly and genuinely is a big part of the coach training process. 
Oh my gosh, thank you for sharing that with us. My mind is kind of blown right now. So then really, because <laughs> I'm just thinking, like I ask why, and it's just so interesting. And I'm sure there's a time and place to ask that, but mm-hmm. you're making so much sense. And for everyone listening, I know I've got some coaches that listen to this. Great insight, great advice for them to take. But even people who are not coaches and are on the other end of the client, you know, it, this is great for you to keep in mind whenever you're in your sessions, but also whenever you want to kind of self-coach, whenever you're going about throughout your day and you're thinking like something just happened and maybe instead of asking yourself why, ask yourself how or what. So awesome. I love that. Thank you. You're welcome. I want to ask you a bit about your relationship with body image and food. What struggles have you faced in your life with food? Well, I think Thank you for asking this question because, and, and thank you for asking it in such a straightforward way, because I think that these conversations are so very, very important for women to have. And also for women out there who may be struggling to realize that pretty much every woman, you know, in the Western world and other parts of the world as well has struggled at some point in time with this as an issue in their life. And like us all, you know, I have emotionally eaten um, and not had the best relationship with food at varying different times. And in fact, you know, I can remember a time um, some years ago now where I was going through a really significant relationship breakup at the time. And also, uh, I was unwell with another illness. And my relationship with food during that period of time just became completely skewed. I would either go through patches and periods of time where I barely wanted to eat anything, and I actually didn't. And sometimes I don't even realize that I was actually doing that to the complete opposite of that, where it seemed like I could not get enough of, you know, sugary, um, salty, snacky, convenience type foods. And of course, it's not an easy thing for us all to come to a realization and understanding that what is prompting that behavior is, uh, a lot of other things that are happening in our mind, in our heart. and But eventually what happens, and this is what happened to me, is that my body started to not feel really great as a result of that. And then I knew it became something that I needed to address along with a lot of heartbreak at the time. And, um, and I did that and came out the other side. But it was certainly something that I remember as being really significantly challenging at that point in time in my life. Did you notice that these body image or, you know, emotional eating food issues flare up? Like you said, the breakup, like I find they flare up. That's the best way to describe it. Whenever we have life stuff going on that we're not comfortable with. Yeah. Oh, completely. Because what happens is that they're so often, you know, a coping mechanism. You know, we can all want to turn to a little bit of chocolate ice cream or, (laughs) you know, something of those sorts to cheer us up or, you know, we even see this in the movies all the time. You know, like we watch romantic comedies and, you know, at Mm. some point in time, there is usually a little binge Mm. that happens somewhere uh, along the way. And that's because in so many ways, food has become, because it's legal, and it's not an illegal substance like illicit drugs or um, or it's not incredibly frowned upon in some way, such as having a very, 
you know, angry or violent temper. If we need soothing in some way, food has become such an easy thing for so many people to either turn towards or turn away from as a way to be able to soothe themselves or soothe ourselves. And this is where, of course, sometimes these issues, if we start to do that too much, can go unnoticed for a long period of time. But when we, for example, have an explosive temper and that's coming out all the time and other people can see and witness that, or we're using drugs that uh, is meaning that, you know, our health and both emotionally and mentally and physically is spiraling downwards very quickly, uh, it's much easier to see. And this is why, of course, you as well as anybody else would know that many women suffer in silence when it comes to experiencing these sorts of issues. And that's why it's just so important that we talk about them and that we understand that there is a spectrum here where a little bit of emotional eating and up and down with our appetite is perfectly normal, you know, right through to using food or not using food in such a way that it becomes a real problem. I'm so glad you added that. That's so true. I just had a, a, a call with one of my clients and she started it with basically expressing that there is a flare up with body image stuff, but she's not sure if it's because of the body stuff or if it's because of the, the, the job that's stressing her out every mm -hmm. single day. And to me, yep. it's just like, ah, there's the answer. Like, that is why. And you know what? Mm. When you have realizations like this, like, well, I'm feeling stressed about my body or I'm turning to food or turning away from food, this other thing happens to be happening too that's really stressing me out. It's okay. Like, it is okay that you're turning to your body. Like, don't beat yourself up or think that you're backtracking in your progress because that's just your body's instinct. Oh, crap. I don't like where I'm living. I don't like this feeling with this relationship or I don't like feeling out of control of other people's opinions of me. Let's focus on my body. That is just your body trying to cope, your mind trying hmm. to cope. And that's something that, that many of us struggle with. And that doesn't mean you're backtracking because this is happening again. It just means now you're more aware of it and you have all these tools in your toolbox to be able to move forward. And you know that the body isn't the problem. The food your weight isn't the problem. What really is the problem is whatever struggle you're going through that's flaring up those issues, like the job or the relationship or the money. Those are the things. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's, we've, we've got to look to the triggers. You know, it's, it's not the double fudge brownie ice cream that's the problem. Right. It's, <laughs> you know, or it's not even the delicious tuna salad or whatever it is. It doesn't have to be always about those, you know, rich sugary foods. It's about the trigger. It's about the fact that you are unhappy in that job or your relationship is not going very well or you're under an enormous amount of stress or, you know, there's another health issue that's happening and awareness is such power and becoming aware of those things and then finding solutions and ways to deal with them very compassionately and very gently is it's for want of a better expression, it's the way out. 
it's the way out and it's the way to empowerment. And I certainly learned that from many, many years of, you know, working with people who have acute eating disorders. Um, it was never about food. Never. It was always about many, many other things. The food was the coping mechanism, the coping mechanism to a whole history, usually, of a lot of other things that had gone unsaid and undealt with. And as soon as those things started to be loved and gently and compassionately looked at and explored and worked on, so many things settled, including the negative relationship with food. Do you think something for you that's helped you to move past looking towards food and instead of like really investing your time, your mental energy into life is getting out of your comfort zone? Because just looking at your story, listening to your story and hearing about all the things you've done, like I was reading, I've been reading your bio and, and you, you speak on stages to thousands of people and like Apple events, earth events. I don't even know what an earth event is, but it sounds really intense. <laughs> like you go, you get out of your comfort zone in so many different ways. I mean, I'm sure by now I, I'm assuming it's your element, but to me, I'm I, ooh, ooh, speaking to that many people. <laughs> so has really like pushing yourself in that way and being o open to rejection, has that helped you with your body and with food and with life? You know, I've never really thought about it like that, but I think that, yes, that is a part of it. I also think, though, in truth, if I was to think about what the major thing is that has helped me with that, it's probably two things. The first thing is to realise that no matter what I look like, it, it really doesn't have any significant impact on the actual real impact that I can have if I choose to. You know, we place so much importance on what we look like, how much we weigh, what size clothes we're wearing, you know, all of those things. But the truth of the matter is, is that when it all boils down to it, I've learned now after working with thousands of people and speaking to huge audiences in different places around the world that it actually doesn't matter at all. It really doesn't matter. And so what ends up happening is that we think it matters, but nobody else does, or we think that it matters to them and it really doesn't. What people are looking for is to be impacted and connected by somebody that can help them to feel a certain way. They want to be inspired or they want to feel more loving or calm or peaceful, whatever it may be that your message is to the world. And the wrapping that that comes in is truly irrelevant. We make it a lot more relevant, especially as women, than we should. Because if you can inspire that in other people, they don't care what you look like. It's actually not something that is on their radar at all. All they remember is how you made them feel. And if you left a lasting impression on them, that is the thing that they take away. And I think that flows then into my second point about this, which is that I have come to understand unequivocally that I am not for everybody and that the way that I look, the way that I speak, the way I conduct my life and business is not going to appeal to everyone. 
and that that is in fact totally okay. And the more that I have really come to believe that and really come to be at peace with that, the more I've just been empowered to say, this is me, this is who I am, this is what I look like, this is how I present, this is what I believe in. And that is either going to resonate with you or it's not. And if it doesn't, that just means that you and I are not meant to be people in each other's lives. There are other people out there for you and there are other people out there for me. And what I've come to do and be and know is to be with those people that I do resonate with and essentially who have no invested interest in what it is that I look like, but an enormous amount of vested interest in who I am. Oh my gosh. Praise Jesus. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yes. I feel like I just, I just, man, I just went into this beautiful space in my mind where I was just listening to everything you were saying. And I feel like I wish that was playing on replay in my head all (laughs) the time because that's, you just put Mm. it so eloquently. Like it's so true that the people you want to be spending your time with, they don't give a hoot what you look like. They care who you are. And like you said, how you make them feel. Um, and that we just so often forget about this. We, this so crucial thing. We forget about this and it's so important to remember. And also you saying like, you're not for everyone. You're not, no. none of us can be for everyone. And to no. expect that we are is to, in a way, diminish our own fire because we're going to have to be a bland person. We have to be bland in order to please everyone and not mm. speak our truth because that's the only safe way to play. But that's not honoring to yourself at all. No, it's misery. Misery. That is that is the equivalent of being miserable. It really is. And I think particularly as women, we have to really address this um, dis-ease that so many of us have around people-pleasing and understanding that none of us have the capacity to be able to influence what other people think about us. We can think that we do, but we don't. Ultimately, in the end, the only person's opinion that we can control is our own opinion that we have of ourselves and of other people. We can bend over backwards for someone and then still not come to the party and like us. And we can then in another instance just barely even do anything in someone's presence and they be deeply attracted to who we are. And it's those people in our lives that we have to lean into. And just to understand that we cannot control what anybody else thinks of us and as soon as we can all really grasp that, then we can truly, truly understand that the best thing for us to do is be ourselves, please ourselves, and then those people that jive and gel and resonate with that and the way that we are will naturally be the people that we surround ourselves by and will lift us up and will be there for us in good times and bad and all of the above. We have to let those things go and stop thinking that we can control it. We just can't. Have you ever had a family member in your life that didn't accept you the way that you were and you had to deal with that type of situation? 
Oh, I've never been asked that question before. And my immediate response is no. I've been very blessed to be very supported in that way. However, as soon as I that word popped into my head, I also thought about a period of time, most definitely, especially as I was starting to move into high school and throughout my years at school, where I began to develop quite a bit of academic talent, which was not something that was very apparent in my family. Now, when I say that, I'm not to say at all that my family is... uh, you know, dumb in any way, not at all. My mum is just the most emotionally intelligent and smartest woman, kindest woman that I know. But nobody in my family prior to that time uh, until me had ever been to university. And, you know, we came from a, a, a country farming family. And so, you know, through generations back, that was what our family did. And so I do remember there being a time when I started to display talent in that area that I think that there were certain members of my family that were really not quite sure what to do with me. (laughs) You know, they were like, oh, what's this all about? And there was a little bit of ribbing and maybe a little bit of tearing down there around, you know, smarty pants and all of that sort of thing. Uh, It didn't take long for them to move beyond that, though, when they could really see that I was happy and I was developing and I was okay. But that's probably the only time. But in the grand scheme of things, my goodness, when it comes to, you know, growing up and being surrounded by people who believed in me, then I I pretty much had the winning streak there. That's such a blessing. That's so great. And to be raised in a, a mostly supportive family and environment, I think that really, I mean, that can, that is so great in so many ways. In other ways, maybe it can kind of train you to uh, rely on the fact that people will always be supportive and then you have to go through your own learning process to hear that, you know, learn that most people um, have their own opinions and might not always agree with you. So no matter how you're raised, you're going to deal with the uh, real life fact that there are people that don't respect what you're saying or don't vibe with you and we're all having to realize this together and grow in this together and um, there's just so many different backgrounds. So I just love hearing about different people's upbringing. So thank you for sharing that with us. It's a pleasure. So before we head to the quick fire rounds, can you let everyone know where they can connect with you? And I will have the links on the show notes, but for anyone driving or anything and wants to just remember to check it out later, where can they find you online? Sure. Well, you can find the Academy online at beautifulyoucoachingacademy.com and I also have a personal website, which is juliesuzanneparker.com. So depending upon what people would like to explore there, um, yeah, that's where you can find me. Wonderful. And I highly recommend everyone checks out your blog because I'm, I'm loving your blog. It's like, I forgot, the, the adorning post, that one like really mm. stuck with me. I loved that post. So thank you for for writing on your, your blog. Your it's a pleasure. Comments. All right. Pleasure. So quick fire round time. Woo. Always <laughs> exciting. <laughs> Yay. One of my favorite parts. So number one, uh, what is a modern day priestess? Oh, that's a very hard question to I know, answer it's in, a, in, a, in a quick fire round. Uh, it, it's a woman who is becoming enlivened and awakened to her spiritual gifts. Beautiful. I love it. What are two material things you cannot live without? 
my iPhone mm-hmm. and my crystals. Mm-hmm. What is a must-read book? What's a book we've all got to get? The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz, an oldie but a goodie, life-changing. I was just talking about that both yesterday and this morning. Oh, you must read it. Yes. It's incredible. So good. It was a life changer for me. So yeah. good. If you could interview anyone in the world, who would it be? Oprah Winfrey. Mm, that's a good one. Mm. Um, what does body freedom mean to you? Ooh, just the power of being expressively alive in your own skin. What is the best movie you've watched in the past month? Oh, I haven't been to the movies in the past month. Oh, no, I did. I I watched Joy. Oh, how with was it? Jennifer, on, with Jennifer Lawrence on Netflix, and it was fabulous. Oh. It was very, very inspiring, and I really loved it. So I haven't been out to the movies in a while, but I'm hoping to maybe go and see the Ghostbusters girls this weekend, oh. actually. I'm, I'm, I hope it's good. I've got my fingers crossed. I love Melissa McCarthy. I just really want it to be great, so I've got my fingers crossed about that one, but Joy was fabulous. Okay, awesome. Yes, I'm gonna, I've been wanting to watch Joy, so... Uh, I'll put that on my list, but yeah, I am so excited for the Ghostbusters movie. Um, (laughs) how do you say it? Kristen Wiig. That's her name. Yes. Hilarious. She's one of my favorites. My second one, Mm. my second favorite is definitely Melissa McCarthy. Like (laughs) all actresses ever. Those are the two. So this is going to be a really amazing movie. Uh, I hope so. Um, currently what is your favorite meal? Oh my gosh, because it's quite cold here at the moment, I would have to say chicken and sweet corn soup. Yum. Mm. Um, you're going into a cafe. What is the first thing that you want to order to drink? Oh, coffee, especially here in Melbourne, um, where we have such a strong coffee culture. So I would definitely say coffee, but depending upon my mood, that could be everything from a straight up latte or another even if not a coffee, a warm drink of some kind. Over the weekend, I had an amazing almond milk turmeric chai. And it was fabulous. It was absolutely beautiful. So something warming most days here in Melbourne, I can tell you. Mm, that's what I hear. The coffee culture there is strong. So that's one of the reasons yes. why I'm so drawn there is from, <laughs> from – I just – I love cafes. Just being in cafes mm. just makes me so happy. Well, Melbourne is filled with them. And let me tell you, the, the coffee and cafe business here is very serious. So <laughs> you'll have a ball. Oh, I bet. Awesome. Um, okay. If you could go back in time and give your younger self one piece of advice, something simple, what would it be? Oh, I think it would just be to say, you know, you, you have to understand that you can't please everybody. Like I was talking about before, just please yourself and those people that are meant to be with you will be. What is the next country on your go-to list if you if you want to travel out of the country? Mm, well, I'm going to the USA in November this year for one of our very special inspiration days. And next year, uh, France will be in Paris. Oh. And so at the moment, that's they're strong and on the agenda and I can't wait. Where in America are you going? We're going to San Francisco, so I'm really looking forward to that. I've been there before, and I love it. It's a beautiful city. Awesome. If you you ever get a chance, go to Boulder. You'll love it. Oh, yes. I've heard so many good things. So many good things. It Mm. it will connect you to 
life and the world and nature in so many ways, just being amongst all those mountains, like, ugh, mm. just amazing. Beautiful. All right. Last question. I'm going to ask you, um, what is a future dream you're working towards? Ooh, Gosh, you know, I, I don't have anything that's really big at the moment to tell you the honest truth. And that's just because I know that this might sound cliche, but I really feel like I'm living it. Mm. I feel like I had a big dream and I'm in it at the moment. And that doesn't mean that I'm not going to plan things for the future. But right now for me, I just really want to be present in this moment and in this time and just continue to love what it is that I'm doing. That's like the best answer, really. I mean, that, that answer is like spot on. I think that's where all of us want it to be. It's just that place of living it and contentment mm. and joy. So thank you. I know those answers, I really shouldn't call them the quick fire round. I should call it like the intense, deep. <laughs> serious round of questions that you need to think about. <laughs> well, I didn't know those questions in advance either. So just for everybody listening, that was that was total non-prep there. Yeah, I don't tell anyone was, what no, they are. No, it was off so the cuff. You did a great job. Thank you for bearing with it. Oh, it's a pleasure. So this was lovely. I'm just I'm so glad that I got to get you on the podcast and you have a way of talking about everything so eloquently and you're a great person to interview because you just you know your stuff and you are a passionate speaker I can just tell that you're really into everything you say which is a joy for someone interviewing someone so thank you for coming on I I'm so excited for everyone to hear this and I just really appreciate your time and your energy Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. I've really, really enjoyed it. We've traversed lots of topics and it's been a real joy, Maddie. So thank you for having me. Absolutely. Everyone, make sure that you go over to my website, maddiemoon.com. Go to the show notes for Julie Parker and you can click on her links. Check out the Coaching Academy. I hope you all enjoyed this. I'm really looking forward to getting your insights. If you want to comment on the uh, section and the show notes, please let me know what you like the most about the podcast. Leave a review if you haven't yet on the show and iTunes. And I'll see you guys next week. 